Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you, Lord, that you've made it plain and clear to us. And I pray, Lord, that you would help me today to make it plain and clear. In Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus used this phrase, I am, quite a few times. And the phrase is so full of meaning. When you say, I am, you are explaining who you see yourself as on the inside. As on the inside. You can, I'm sure you realize this, you can put on makeup, you can put on fancy clothes, you can put on a strutty walk, you can put on clever words, you can get in the right job, the right circle of friends, have the right girl or guy on your arm. You can do all these things, you can add degrees and letters to your name, but it may not change who you see yourself as on the inside. And I've been around long enough and talked to people in intense situations often enough to realize that there are people who on the outside seem to be well-accomplished, confident adults, but on the inside, they're still that little boy or that little girl who's being teased, who doesn't have enough money, who's sickly, who's the runt of the family, whatever it is. The identity on the inside actually is what really counts and all the outward accoutrements cannot make up for what you see yourself as on the inside is that true and jesus has a lot to teach us on this for two reasons number one he is our identity when we look at him and who he really is it helps us to see who we really are that's the first reason but the second is that Jesus wasn't born as a newborn baby with full knowledge of his sonship of God. The fact that he was God in the flesh. He didn't know that. He had to learn that. He had to learn his identity. At some stage, at the age of three, a little question mark came up in his mind. Am I really just a human? At the age of five, at the age of eight, at the age of 10, at the age of 12. The age of 12, his parents and him go to this big festival in Jerusalem and the parents leave and only two days later they realize Jesus isn't with us. That says a lot for parenting styles, I think. <laughs> I think sometimes we're a little bit too clingy with our kids, but anyway, that's just my opinion. Two days, they didn't know where Jesus was and hey, he's fine. Anyway, they run back to the temple and he says, you should have known I would be about my father's business. He knew then that he was the son of God. By the age of 12, a, a very clear message had dawned in his mind. I am not just a human. But the next verse or a couple of verses later, it says, and he continued to grow in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with men. In other words, he knew, but he didn't know fully yet. He still grew in it, in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with men. This revelation of who he was was growing in his mind. But at the age of 12, he knew, I'm the son of God. And this process of him learning wasn't easy for him. He was born in a family where people thought he was an illegitimate son. They, they would have thought he was born out of wedlock or conceived out of wedlock. And so all the negative connotations that went with that were with him. He was in a poor family, a working class family. He was in an oppressed nation where the Romans were oppressing them and taxing them and beating them up. He was in all sorts of circumstances where it was difficult for him. And yet in this process, somehow the realization of who he was on the inside and his relationship with God dawned on him 
to the point where we're going to read a story now in John chapter 8. He declares, I am. And when he says it, the whole voice of thunder comes out of him. And I'm going to explain that in a little bit. But he got to the point where he could say with confidence and with conviction, when people looked at him, they didn't see the Son of God. But he knew on the inside he was the Son of God. And he says, I am. A couple of places where he says that phrase, I am, people fell down. Did you know that? Just before he was crucified, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane and the soldiers come and they say, which one is Jesus? And he says, I am. And it says the soldiers fell down. Isn't that amazing? There was something about his knowledge of his identity that powered his life. My friend, I want to say to you today, you can get that. You say, that's Jesus. That's the Son of God. Yes, but He is our example. You can get to the place where you have such a firm and secure knowledge of who you are in God that it affects everything. And circumstances can change, and yet you're still who you are. We're in the process of moving house this weekend. And so we moved all our furniture last night. We slept in our new house, but it's far from ready for us to live in. And so we're missing things. I'm wearing a piece of rope as a belt this morning. Um, <laughs> I, I had a cold shower this morning because I forgot to turn the water up. There's just, you know what it's like. You just, you're not ready to live there. It's not a familiar place. The dog is running around confused, where am I? The wife's running around confused, where am I? The whole family's up at sixes and sevens. But the reality is we as a family are still the same family. We know who we are. We just have to look at each other. Oh, good. I'm still with my, I still... I'm one of us. I'm still in the place I'm supposed to be, even though my surroundings are different. Friend, if you have your identity right, nothing around you can affect you. And in fact, you, you affect your circumstances. And I'm praying that this week and over the next three weeks, so a four-week series, we're going to be looking at the I am statements of Jesus. And we're trying to find our identity, who we are, but also who Christ is in us. Is that all right? So I just want to tell you about this little phrase, I am. In Greek, the, I'm going to give you a little Greek lesson. I am in Greek is I me. Isn't that weird? I me. <coughs> Means I am. It's spelled E-I-M-I. I me is the Greek word for I am. And so in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10, Paul says, By the grace of God, I am what I am. But his grace to me was not without effect. I worked harder than everyone else. Yet not I, but the grace of God in me. That phrase, I am, in that verse, Paul was saying, I am who I am. He was saying, I me, I me. That's the Greek word for I me. The Greek word for me, or I, is ego. Ego. You know, we know that word, ego. That means I. Most people in that day, when they said, I am, they said, I me. When Jesus said, I am, he said, ego, I me. It was not a normal way of saying the phrase, I am. He said it in a different way. He said, I, I am. And so when Jesus is walking on the water to the disciples in the middle of the night and the storm's raging, and the disciple says, that you, Lord? The, the translation in the English, it, I think it says, it is I, it's ego I me. He's saying, I, I am. When the soldiers come in the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, I am. 
Whenever he said phrases like, I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the light of the world. Ego, I me. It's not a simple phrase, I am. He was saying, he was, a making, he was making a statement that said, I am the great I am. Do you remember in Exodus chapter 3, Moses is being sent by God to free the Israelites from Egypt. He says, who shall I say has sent me? What did God say? I am has sent you. Jesus was saying, every time he said, I am, he was saying, I am God. And you'll see in the Gospels, whenever Jesus said that, especially the Pharisees, the people who were listening to him, got very antsy about it. Whenever he said, I am something, their response was bristly. They wanted to kill him with stones. They wanted to argue with him because they knew he wasn't just simply saying the normal way of saying I am. He was saying, I am God. And they got very upset. Very upset about it. They wanted to kill him on more than one occasion. So let's read this passage from John chapter 8. I'm going to skip some of the verses. So I'm starting from John 8 verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again and said, I am the light of the world. Ego I me. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said to him, they were upset by this phrase. How can a guy say, I am like that? The Pharisees said to him, you bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. <laughs> Are you starting to see this confidence that Jesus had in himself? Verse 24. Therefore, this is Jesus speaking. Therefore, I said to you, you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am you will die in your sins. The, the English version of the Bible puts in the word he there, but it's in brackets because it's not in the original language. The, so in your Bible, verse 24 of John 8 says, if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. The original Greek says, if you do not believe that I am, you will die in your sins. <clears throat> Next verse, the Pharisees said to him, who are you? Jesus said, just what I've been saying to you from the beginning. Verse 28, then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am and that I do nothing of myself. But as my father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. And many believed in him. And then later in that chapter, verse 53, the Pharisees are now getting extremely anxious with the, the words Jesus is saying. And they say, are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead, and the prophets who are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? Can you see what's happening here? Jesus, his identity is coming out so strongly, and it's, it's contradicting what the Pharisees believe. And so they are pushing in this, saying, who exactly are you saying you are? They think they know what he's saying, but they're pushing him to to find out exactly what he's saying. And they say, Abraham and all the prophets, are you saying you're greater than them? Verse 56, Jesus says, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. What a weird thing to say. Verse 57, Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? 
Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. It was obvious what he was saying. It was so, he was saying, the creator of the universe, who spoke and made the whole universe and the stars and everything, he said, that timeless being who's always been and who rules over all of creation, Jesus was saying to them, I look like a man, but actually I'm him. Unbelievable. He didn't say before Abraham was, I was. He says, I am. I'm timeless. I'm eternal. I am everything. I am just encompasses everything. Every answer you could want. Verse 59. Then they took up stones to throw at him. I want to look at how Jesus came to this knowledge. How did he get to this place? Well, he would have got some of it from other people. You remember Mary, when Jesus was born, she was told by various prophecies, this, this is the Son of God. Mary would have told him, and Joseph, his dad, and various people would have said to him, you are special, there's something about you. So other people would have told him who he was, his reality. And friend, you and me can get it from other people as well. There's an, an element of our identity, our true identity. Remember, you get your false identity from what other people say about you, your boss, your teacher, your mum, your dad, your sister, the bullies at school, all the different things, the messages from the media and the magazine. You compare yourself to the Photoshop woman on the magazine. You say, oh, is this who I am? And actually, other people who are Christians can give you some input. Jesus got some of his knowledge of who he was from his mum and from other people. Another major source was the Bible. Jesus would have studied and read the Old Testament through and through and through and through. And he understood, he read the prophecies and he read about the Messiah and he understood by the age of 12 that this was him. You, brother and sister, have the same Bible. In fact, we have the New Testament as well. You have so much in the Bible if you will just take it. Amen? You know, when we were ministering in Africa, you know what struck me? <clears throat> the educated, well-off person who's achieved something in life needs to be really convinced to believe the Bible. But the poor, uneducated person who has nothing, I just have to say to them, God loves you, Jesus died for your sins, and they just accept it. And it changes their lives. But the, the clever person, you know, that quote from Avatar, it's difficult to fill a cup that's already filled. The clever person who's got it all, you really have to convince them the Bible's true. And the person who really needs God just says, yes, I'm taking this. And friend, I just want to challenge you. Just take God's word. Just take it. If he says it's true about you, say, I don't need any more proof. What God's word says is true. Amen? What he says about us is right. So Jesus learned from um, other people, from the Bible. There was... Another instance, when Jesus got baptized at around the age of 30, do you remember he went to the Jordan and John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then he put Jesus under the water. And when Jesus came up, the dove landed on him and God's voice from heaven said what? This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. He got a voice from God himself. <laughs> in him you know the bible says as many of us have who have been baptized have put on christ and when you get baptized 
It's a sign from God. He says, you are now, you are no longer the old you. The old John, Susie, Jane, Mary, Jim. You are not that person anymore. You have put on Christ. You are a new creation. Not just a better version of the old one. Not just adding church and baptism to all my old life. You are a brand new person. And often, there's a witness from God's Spirit on the inside. At baptism, or maybe at other times, where God says, You are my beloved son or daughter. I'm well pleased with you. But then the voices from our conscience and our we hear the echoes of our parents and teachers and things saying, no, you're not good. You're bad. You're guilty. You need to work. And we, we ignore the voice of God. But if you listen, God's voice is saying to you, the Bible says there's a witness in our spirit that we are his children. And he is Abba, Father. He is our daddy. And he loves us and he's pleased with us. That's the third way that Jesus would have got um, a knowledge of who he was. And you remember there was another time when... The, the voice of the Father said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. And that was when Jesus went up on a mountain to pray with Peter, James, and John. And again, a voice came from heaven saying the same thing. When we pray and spend time in God's presence, and we just love Him and worship Him, it fills us with a sense of who we really are. It's possible, friend, for you and I to get to know who we are, just as Jesus did. So what did Jesus know about Himself? Just going through that passage in John 8 that I already read. He said, I know where I came from and where I am going. Friend, your identity, often our identity comes from our background. We say, I am an Ghanaian, whatever. I am a this or I am a whatever or whatever my family name is or my clan or my background. I am this type of person. And we look at our background and our family and especially our father to get identity. We say, who am I? Who, who, who is my background? Who is my lineage? Jesus said, I know where I came from and where I'm going. And he said, the Father uh, sent me. The Father has not left me alone. He knew that even though he came from an earthly lineage, the tribe of Judah and Mary and Joseph and the little town of Nazareth and all those different things, he knew that was not his background. That was not his lineage. Friend, I want to tell you, if you are in Christ, your heritage does not come from your mom and dad. Your genes, your genetic makeup has some part in your life, but that is not who you are. That has been cut off and now God in heaven is your father. And your heritage and your inheritance, you know, the, the goods and money and blessings that you would have inherited from your family, now come from God. Your name doesn't come from your family anymore. It comes from God. Who you are, your family, your very essence. God is your father. And that was one of the things that Jesus understood. He knew where he came from. He also understood where he was going. His purpose and his mission. You know, all the, all the, the childhood years we have, we're getting pushed into a job, career. Who are you? You're good at this. You're bad at this. You study this. You try this. You do this. And we get pushed into an identity that's based on what we do. I'm a teacher, I'm an accountant, I'm a housewife, whatever. But God says, I have a mission for you. And it's not simply linked to your career. It's much bigger. It's my kingdom in planet Earth. God has a mission. And that gives you identity. And if you take off that old identity and put on the new, every day it helps you to know who you are. And then lastly, the eternal element. The I amness. The fact that it's not... 
linked to time and it's not linked to the physical world around me. The real me is an eternal spirit. And so Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. If you look at your physical body, your physical world and time, what's happened to you in the past, what you've done, what's been done to you, this physical world, that is not going to give you your true identity. You have to say, I am a spirit. I belong in heaven. My spirit's already in heaven. My identity is a spiritual, eternal person. This body is just a suit. My soul is being renewed. The real me, I am a spirit being. And Jesus said, I am. I mean, I'm out of time. You can't say was and is and will be. I'm all my, the real me is eternal and timeless. You know, when God said to Moses, I am who I am. That's where we get the word Yahweh or Jehovah in the Old Testament from. It's, it's, they're trying to translate that little phrase, I am who I am or I am. And it's a wonderful saying because it means everything you need, I am. Everything you will need or in the past needed, I am. There's no, there's no time constraints. There's no constraints. God says, I am everything you need. And then what he did in the Old Testament is God put his name, Jehovah or Yahweh, I am, along with other words to try and explain what that meant. So he calls himself Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord your healer. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord your banner. When they were winning a war, they raised up a banner and they won the war. God says, I'm your banner that will, that, you know, your banner is who people see you as. You raise up your banner. This is me. God says, I'm your banner. Jehovah Tzidkenu, the Lord your righteousness. Uh, Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. There's so many different names for him. Let me just, maybe I've forgotten a couple. Uh, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. Uh, Jehovah Rohi, the Lord your shepherd. Jehovah Shama, the Lord who is there. Isn't it beautiful? And whenever God did that, he was saying, I am, just in case you didn't know what this word I am means, I'm explaining it to you. I'm your shepherd. I'm there. I'm your banner. I'm your healer. I'm your provider. I'm everything you need. God, are you enough for me? Are you my protection? Will you provide a, a spouse for me? Will you provide a house? Will you help me with these enemies? He says, yes, I am all of those things. And I always will be. I never change. What I was before, I am now and I always will be. That is the God that we serve. And now Jesus said, that God is me. I am that. And friend, I want to say to you today, that same God is in you. There's some startling verses, and I'm just going to mention two of them. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17 says, If anyone joins himself to the Lord, he is one spirit with him. If you've joined yourself to God, your spirit is the same as Jesus' spirit, is the same as Jehovah's spirit. You have the I am inside of you. And the second verse is 1 John 4 verse 17 says, As he is, so are we in this world. How is Jesus? He's glorified. He's powerful. He's seated on a throne. He's shining light out of his face. He's got all authority in heaven and earth. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. So in this series, we're going to be looking at who Jesus said he was. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and life. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection. All these things. And we're going to start to see who he is to us. But mainly, and starting today, brother and sister, I want all of us to change the way we look at ourselves. 
to stop looking out at the world through this lattice that we just assume I know who I am. It's my background. It's what I've done. It's those terrible things people said about me. No, no. Today I can change who I think I am. I can get a true view of who I am. And you know, when you're secure in who you are, boy, nothing in this world can affect you. Let's stand together and pray. I'm going to ask you right now just to focus on the Lord. And I'm going to imagine you now saying, standing in front of God, and He says, Who are you? And you say, I am. And just think, what comes out of your mouth? What comes to mind when you say, I am? Do you say your name? Do you say what you've done? Do you say the family background that you come from? And now I'm going to ask you to imagine God looking back at you and saying, no, no, my child, I'm going to tell you who you really are. I'm going to tell you who you really are. And now, my brother or sister, I'm asking you to open your heart and to open your mind and say, Lord, whatever you say is true about me, I take that on board. I receive it now. I don't need a special feeling. I don't need a special experience. I don't need a prophet to tell me, Lord, whatever you say is true about me, I accept it, Lord. And I'm going to start seeing myself as you see me, as you say that I really am. Just open your heart right now. Allow him to come in and do what he wants to do. And I've seen people get physically healed through this process. I've seen people get saved through this process. God comes in and he shows you who you really are, that he loves you, that you're his child, that he accepts you, that nothing you've done affects your identity, that you are a son and not a slave. And he breathes life in. And suddenly you become a person who's standing up on the inside. Lord God, I pray right now for my brother and sister, for every single person who's hearing my voice. Lord, I pray that you would awaken within them an, an idea, a sense, a certainty today of who they really are in you. Lord God, breathe identity into us. Make us the men and women that you want us to be. Make us secure children in your household today. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.